Section 11 of From the Easy Chair, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. From the Easy Chair, Volume 1, by George William Curtis. Section 11, Herbs and Russ. Herbs and Russ. Mr. Tibbs, who has an observing eye for many aspects of life, lately informed the Easy Chair of his conclusion that there are some serious objections to a suburban residence. This is a subject in which so many intelligent and judicious readers of these pages are interested that the Easy Chair could not be indifferent to Mr. Tibbs's conclusions. The population which sleeps out of town which goes and comes daily to and from the neighborhood of every great city and every part of the country, is immense and increasing, and it has always rather an air of lofty sympathy and pity for those who still cling to the sweet seclusion of streets. This is the more observable and amusing, because the denizens of town, upon their part, assume that their fellow-creatures, who resort to the country as a residence, are mainly impelled by motives of economy. For who would live out of town, if he could live comfortably in it? You must find it very annoying to be tied to exact hours of trains and boats, says Herbs to Russ. And it is not the pleasantest thing in the world to be obliged to pick your way through river streets to the ferry, or wait at stations. However, you probably calculated the waste of time and trouble before you decided to live in Frogtown. Every choice has its inconveniences, undoubtedly, responds Russ, but I concluded that I preferred fresh air for my children to the atmosphere of sewers and gas factories, and I have a prejudice for breakfasting by sunlight rather than by gas. Then my wife enjoys the singing of the birds in the morning more than the cry of the milkman, and the silence at night secures a sweeter sleep than the rattle of the horse-cars. It is true that we have no brick block opposite, and no windows of houses behind commanding our own, but to set off such deprivations, there are the pleasant hills and wooded slopes and gardens. They are not sidewalks, to be sure, but they satisfy us. Yes, yes, I see, says Herbs. We are more to be pitied than I thought. If we must go out in the evening, we don't have the advantage of stumbling over hummocks and sinking in the mud or dust in the dark. We can only go dry-shod upon clean flagging, abundantly lighted. Then we have nothing but Thomas's orchestra and the opera and the bright little theatre to console us for the loss of the frog and toad-tree concert and the tent circus. Instead of plodding everywhere upon our own feet, which is so pleasant after running round upon them all day in town, we have nothing but cars and stages at hand to carry us to our own doors. I see clearly there are great disadvantages in city life. If a friend and his wife drop in suddenly in the evening or to dine, it is monstrously inconvenient to have an oyster shop round the corner whence to improvise a supper or dinner. It would be much better to have nothing but the village grocery a mile or two away. The advantages are conspicuous. I wonder the entire population of the city doesn't go out to live in Frogtown. 
russ always feels in secret that he is at a disadvantage so long as he must go to town every day to attend to his business he reasons plausibly that the train or the boat is no more than a horse-car and he proves conclusively that he can be at his office within half an hour of his friend who lives in fiftieth street but his friend irritatingly replies that on pleasant mornings he prefers not to take the car he walks down in the bright air and through the busy street with twinkling and triumphant eyes he invites russ to do the same russ gaily replies that the sun is quite as bright upon green fields as upon brick blocks or stone flagging and the shifting panorama from the car window is lovely picture herbs assents and adds that the dust and cinders also give great zest to the enjoyment and that dragging through tunnels is full of delight and beauty but the real sorrow that russ feels has not yet been touched it is the grief which mr tibbs has observed and confided to the easy chair it haunts his happy hours with sad foreboding he cannot look from his window but he sees it he cannot celebrate the charms of country and suburban life but it seems to mock him it turns his joy to ashes he looks upon the wife of his bosom with anguish and thinks of it he gazes ruefully into his children's eyes pretty innocence they know not of the impending blow it is a shadow as thackeray would have solemnly said with bulwerian impressiveness which pursues him at midday it awakens him at midnight and says to him sleep no more what is it you ask inquires mr tibbs in his most startling manner brethren tis the fell hand of improvement that is it it is that which harrows the suburban soul and destroys suburban peace no man lives in the neighborhood of the city or in any little settlement community hamlet thorpe village or town which is occupied with people doing business in the city but is exposed in his rural retirement and his suburban home to the ravages of improvement there are suburban neighborhoods of new york which are said to be subject to malaria to fever and ague it is false as every denizen of bay ridge and flushing knows there are others which are alleged to be a prey to mosquitoes and chills tis base fabrication as every staten islander and dweller by the newark marshes is ready to swear it is notorious and is established upon the very best authority namely that of the inhabitants of the districts themselves that no shores are so salubrious as those of the bay of new york strict justice indeed demands and to nothing so much as strict justice and truthfulness in these matters are the peaceful people of these shores devoted strict justice and truth demand that it should not be denied that single exceptional but on the whole sufficiently well attested cases of malarial trouble have been known but they were always brought from abroad probably from that Lozelle yankee land from which most of the woe of new york has proceeded while therefore it is a wanton calumny and the corroboration of all suburban property holders is invited to the statement to assert that any portion of the neighborhood of new york or of any other great city let it be philadelphia chicago or st louis boston baltimore or savannah is subject to malaria or is otherwise than true sanitarium of the continent 
yet it must be owed with sorrow that every suburban region is infested with the spirit of improvement edwin and angelina were married yesterday and will devote their honeymoon to the quest of a place in which to build their permanent nest they find it at last in the most delightful of suburban neighborhoods they build a pretty cottage they spread out smooth green lawns and plant trees and shrubs and hide themselves in flowers they have made a sweet sylvan seclusion in which they sit and smile at the eloquence of herbs who pities their exile and depicts the charm of streets streets are charming respond edwin and angelina in connubial chorus but we will have none of them fond foolish pair for even at that moment the desolating spirit of improvement is staking out a street across their most emerald lawn and through their most sacred grove their trees and flowers and turf are doomed and their seclusion is to be turned into a dusty highway suburban improvement is the ruthless devastator of home there is no remedy to oppose the ruin of the place which you have carefully made which has grown around you in increasing beauty with the growth and development of your family which is associated with all that is happiest in your life and which is in some sort of flowering and expression of yourself is to be derided as withstanding the public benefit and the advantage of those less fortunate than yourself the instinct of protecting the home that you have made is denounced as sentimental selfishness and the law steps forward cuts down your trees ploughs up your lawn lays a gutter against your window destroys your home and hands you some dollars for what it calls compensation or demands them for what it styles improvement i am of the opinion therefore says mr tibbs and the easy chair commends the reflection to those intending matrimony and thinking of a country home that there are some serious objections to a suburban residence end of section eleven